the sun. Oh, I love this. Enthusiasm, playfulness, clarity, personal growth, self-acceptance. The sun is a card of light. When this card shows up, it is a time to reveal everything. You will benefit by sharing your true feelings and thoughts. You will have a greater clarity and understanding. It's a time to celebrate your accomplishments and share them with the world. Don't be afraid to shine. Let your inner child show. Be playful, creative, and curious. Align your actions and words with your authentic self. Do what makes you feel excited and warm inside. This card can represent a burst of energy and vitality. As an outcome card, it is a yes. I think that's it. It's a big yes from me too. Big yes. Welcome to Fuck You Tarot Lady episode number nine. My guest today is Laura Vezza. That's me. You can call me Loz. Loz, we're going to call you Loz for the rest of the podcast. Now, look, this is, listeners, I'm going to let you guys in on a bit of a secret. This is a, a bit of a slapdash episode. I have a limited window to interview Loz, and we're here um, in Gabe Toomey's Rift Ojo. The Rift Dungeon. Gabe Joseph. Gabe <laughs> Joseph's Rift Ojo. He's let us oh, borrow Oh, Dojo, it. not a dungeon. Well, yeah, I guess Luke has a dungeon, you have a dojo. That says something about your personal, you know, opinions on where to play guitar. But anyway, look, we're digressing, but we are here. Gabe is in the room. He's just had a lovely interview for your show, which we'll get into for sure as well. Um, so, yeah, let's give, give the listeners a bit of a, a rundown. What brings you to Australia and, 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 and what do you do where you live? Yeah, so I am originally from Melbourne. I left Melbourne. I actually wrote this down because I had to think about it. I left Melbourne for Perth in 2004 and then I moved to Canada in 2006. Did the Aussie ski, not my town, for <laughs> for a while. Uh, lived in Fernie for a bit. Then I moved to Calgary, Alberta for a few months just to make some money as I was meeting a bunch of friends in Argentina for another ski season. And then the plan was to come back home at the end of that, which was in 2007. Now, the three or four months that I was in Calgary during that time, I just fell in love with the place. I had a, I had a, um, a, a show, a show. I had a job at WestJet Airlines, which is Canada's domestic kind of equivalent to Virgin Blue here um, as a recruiter. And I was also a bartender at a place called Broken City in Calgary, which is probably what the SB used to be when the SB was cool. That's what Broken City is like in Calgary. I love that you've been away for so long, but you know the SB isn't as cool anymore. I know. I know. It's sorry, pretty SB. sad. Oh, sorry, SB, but someone told me that I had to wear heels there and I was like, mm-mm, not oh. going True Believer actually played a show there a little while back and when we were there it was quite confronting to be around some rock and roll types but mainly just like just fake tits and testosterone oh, and like no. a lot of a lot of lots of tan very tanned people for when you compare to metal dudes that orange are, people well they Both. want to be tanned they want to look tanned yeah i'm happy looking pasty like i am i prefer paste yeah it's all good <laughs> canadian so, paste so anyway so you're working yeah. at the canadian the calgary version of the sp yeah, I was. And that was in 2007. And then I went and did a ski season in Argentina, decided that I didn't want to come back to Australia. So moved to Calgary permanently in 2008. And I have been there ever since. You make that decision so easily. Like, wouldn't there be visas and things involved that are yes. required? Like, how did you have to do that? I got really, really lucky during that time. My first visa for 
2006 to 2007. It used to be a one-time visa where you couldn't extend it. But at the end of 2007, they had a, you can now renew your working holiday visa until you're 31. Um, and it was renewable every two years. And so I hung out in the US until the New Year's of 2008, submitted my working holiday extension, and then got it in 10 days and was back in Calgary in, I think, the middle of January 2008. Yeah. What's the... Um like uh, the geography of Calgary, where is that close to the United States? If you're just going to pop down, like, is that, we, that, we pop down into Idaho or Montana. Cool. Yeah. So Calgary is situated just East of the Rocky mountains. It is where we had the 1988 winter Olympics. Do you remember cool runnings? How can I forget? How can you forget? Woo! Feel the rhythm. <laughs> I think that's what it was. I also but that, that was Calgary. <laughs> I saw a fantastic meme the other day and it was like um, when you see a group of people dressed as cool runnings for Halloween, but they're not wearing blackface and it's like that sigh of relief. Um, Trudeau obviously knows Trudeau. all about that, doesn't he? Yeah, that's uh, that was uh, timely just before the federal election, wasn't it? That just popped up, just didn't popped it? Just, it was really weird. Someone like... just really wanted Trudeau to... Well, get, true, don't mm, get out. Was that the slogan they were doing in Canada? No, were they I'm saying? just being cheeky. Because that would have been great for the opposition to be like, Hell Trudeau, true don't. more like Trudeau. <laughs> there know. was a, his Just Not Ready, which I think happened in 2015 when they were trying to say, well, he's a he's, drama student, a uh, drama teacher. Why? Snowboard instructor, blah, blah, blah. He's mm. not ready. Well, I mean, the conservatives didn't even have a platform and their leader of the party he had a fake job. Like, he lied about being in insurance. He wasn't even in insurance. So talk about not ready. Cool, dude. I think people are just nervous because he's a, he's a leader who's very handsome. And I think he's got that... got good socks. Well, does he wear good socks yeah, as well? Yeah, he wears a really fancy, like, the Obama socks, you know? You know how Obama had sweet socks? No. no? I didn't know this was a thing. I guess with politicians, when you have to wear suits all the time, you have to, you have to be individual somehow. And I guess you do it via socks, huh? Well, yeah, and you've got those photo ops where they sit cross-legged at the White House or whatever else. You 60 see minutes the, interview. You know. See the fancy socks. Huh, there you go. Maybe, <laughs> there I you go. Buy, maybe I should invest in fancier socks, man. I just wear, I'm wearing Vans no-shows right now. There you go. Perfect. Fuck. I've got some no-shows on as well. Yeah. No-shows are important. They are. They keep the sweat, you know, isolated. No, oh. don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Gabe is revealing Gabe, no. his lack of sock. <laughs> My God, no. man. In a is, pair of sweaty vans. In no. a hot day like today, no good. <laughs> anyway, right. So, so you're in you're in Calgary, but you haven't found your true calling yet. The reason why you are here and on this podcast is, is how did you get onto that? Let's talk about that. Yeah. So in 2016, no, yes, no, 2017, I was invited to co-host a radio show on CJSW, which is probably the closest way I can describe it is the equivalent of three triple R here in Calgary. Nope, here in Melbourne. <laughs> it's in Calgary. In Triple Calgary. R is in Melbourne. Correct. I'm sure all of my listeners know what Triple R is. I yeah. have a sticker on the back of my car. It's a bit of a rite of passage if you're a, if you're an alternative living person here in, in Melbourne. I yeah, exactly. It's a bit of an establishment, which is kind of cool. And CJSW is the equivalent of that in Calgary. It's Calgary's only independent community radio station. It's actually situated on the University of Calgary um, and is part of the Calgary curriculum as well. And we have over 200 volunteers, most of which are um, programmers. So like myself, we do 24 by seven programming, um, all genres. Did you say 24 by seven? Like that, is that how they say it in Canada? Like 24 hours a day, seven yeah, days a week, 24 a, by seven? That's no? a weird. Is it? Yeah, is that weird? I think it's a little bit weird. It might be oh, weird. Yeah. 
Gibbard. You might not be heard, Gabe, but do you think it's... 20, huh? 24-7? Yeah, 24-7. Did so I say that? You said 24-7. 24-7? By by seven? That's a bit weird. That is a bit weird. Well, it's Canadian. Yeah. Maybe I'm just making shit up. No, I, I think that must be what they say in Canada. It's rubbed off on you after all this time. So Being how, did, how did you get asked to be on the show? Like, was this from working at the at the Calgary ESPY? No, no, that was, um, I, so I am a recruiter by profession. I've been a recruiter for 17 odd years. And my job for the majority of the time in Calgary from 2008 was a an IT recruiter for a company called Longview. They are an IT services company, consulting company. Um, everything from... Well, man, your help desk to to cloud transformations, whatever, technical shit. Who cares? There was a guy who I worked with there. His name's Brent. Um, he's also a metalhead. We didn't really know each other too well, but we both ended up leaving Longview. Got to 2017. He had a radio show called Rock Bottom on CJSW, and it was every Monday night, midnight till 2 a.m. I bring up the job because. What was really difficult was broadcasting live on a Monday night at that time and then getting up at eight o'clock the next morning to go recruit and and job, right? Well, for Brent at this point, Um, he's an IT architect and has to IT things. Woo, IT. Um, So it got halfway through 2017 and Brent came to me and said, "Um, would you be interested in coming on my show as a guest? You can, I can interview, whatever else. And I was like, absolutely. If I get the opportunity to talk, talk about hard rock and heavy metal, like, let me at it. At the time, I was writing for a webzine called Metalwani, um, metalwani.com. It's one of the faster-growing um, content producers for heavy metal and hard rock interviews, YouTube um, interviews, gig reviews, album reviews, that kind of stuff. Um, and I was like, cool, well, I'll just come on and talk about the shit that I'm doing for Metalwani. And did he know that you were doing that at the time? That's how he it did. all kind of came yeah. up? You- and we knew each other from our job. Was um, there ever obviously. any like bonding over like casual Friday and you were wearing some kind of heavy metal t-shirt and so was he and you, you knew or like how did how did he know you were like flying that heavy metal flag? Yeah, we had been to a few shows. So we went to uh, a couple of local shows. We'd been to the Behemoth show together um, and yeah, just kind of. Behemoth, what era? Like what, when was this? Uh, the Satanist. Cool. Yeah, yeah around that time. So yeah, he... The way Brent says it, his uh, his radio name is Wicked Wally, um, and he's got like the full hey, yeah, yeah. like he's really good at it. I'm not very good at that, but he um, told me after the fact that it was kind of like a, an interview for me to see how we would go together on the air because he just couldn't sustain every Monday night, midnight till two, and then get up and talk to a whole bunch of jerks on a Tuesday morning. So. That was So what was he gonna bail at one and then you do the, the next hour? Or is it just easier when there's a second person to bounce off? Well we actually alternate. So we do oh. every two weeks. So it's instead of it being once a week, it's every two weeks you're feeling like a bag of poop the next day. So <laughs> Yeah. But as a as a as a fan of heavy metal and, and heavy music, I feel like, you know, you gotta take the gigs when they come. Sometimes they run late on a weeknight. Like you'd be used to the poo days, wouldn't you, by now? Yeah. After all after all that? Yeah, absolutely. And I found that at the time when I first started, I wasn't actually working. So it wasn't that big of a deal for me at all. I'm like, cool, I've got this super flexible schedule. So absolutely, I'll do it. I don't care. Um, And then I started working again and I've just got this really sweet deal where I just don't come in the next Tuesday. I just work from home now. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, after doing a show. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty awesome. And I guess that would then give you more time to focus and make sure it's a really good show instead of like that worry in the back of your mind when you're doing it like, oh, fuck, I've got to go to work in like four hours. Yeah. And when you get, it's kind of, I'm assuming it's the same as being in a band where you might play 
a gig, you get really psyched up on that gig, you get home, you can't go to sleep for a couple of hours. So whenever Plus the I get... tinnitus as well is always a bit of a, yeah. a problem when you try yeah. to get to sleep. <laughs> Hello, who's here? Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty full on. So I would find that I would get home at about quarter to three. It's 4.30 by the time I get to bed. Just couldn't really handle. And I feel like as I've gotten older, I just really need, really need my sleep. So I struggle with the, the next day. It's just like having shitty jet lag mm. the next day. Um, but it's not so bad when you're doing it every two weeks. Fantastic. Yeah. And so, sorry, uh, go back a little bit. So when did you first get the gig on the show? When you did your I first interview? I think my first show was 2017, the, the spring Australian time, 2017. So like October-ish. Cool. Yes. So you've been at this for a while now and you're really Couple enjoying years. it? Yeah, I love it. It's so much fun. One of the things that I am really enjoying about it is, A, it, being a heavy metal radio host, you basically get to play all the music that you love on a, the equivalent of a two-hour road trip when, I don't know, like as a metalhead, we rarely get the iPod or the Spotify or whatever. When you go on these long trips, you have to listen to <laughs> yeah, everything else because right. no one else wants to listen to technical death metal so it's kind of nice to to be able to share that and i just love heavy metal so much that it's um yeah it's a real passion and brent's really good at it as well one of the other things that we're trying to do with rock bottom is really focus on local talent and western canadian talent because we find that there is so much just sort of under the just under the surface in the Mm. Calgary scene. So being able to showcase those bands, Brent's really, really good at interviews. Like he'll always have a band on during his time and we'll talk to them about what they've been up to and their tours and their albums and all of that kind of stuff. I just like to play music. So cool. just throw it down. What's, um, you said he's a really good interviewer. As someone who's interviewing people kind of for a bit of a living now doing this podcast, like what tips could you give me that you see that's good in him? Like what does he do well to interview when he talks to bands like what's he asking or like what what do you find yeah. that like, oh, that's a really good thing he's really good at making it a conversation mm. so he'll get the band in you know a good hour before the show goes live and he'll just get to know them oh tell me about your life and oh you got a new dog or you know that's a cool tour shirt what's that all that and we'll actually incorporate that into his interview so it's very so, natural very flowy. very natural yeah so he's an it guy so he's very very detail oriented but so he'll do his research ahead of time but then he'll use that sort of human element afterwards to, yeah. to sort of incorporate it and make it feel a bit more natural. soften those hard edges of it just yeah. being like question answer question answer and i think also while it's a really awesome experience for someone who hasn't been on the radio before to like put the headphones on and speak into a microphone and holy shit i'm on the air um it can also be really really intimidating so oh, fucking like, having this a, that this is a podcast we're gonna edit the fuck out of this like <laughs> you know like with radio you're going you just you're you're live you just gotta give it the beans yeah give it the beans is that a, is that a canadian euphemism because i love it i don't know i think we best must have got it, it from beans. somewhere we probably got it from a, a doctor who episode or something <laughs> you're you're a doctor who person? i do like doctor who you, a lot I've, I've been watching i watched from the reboot like what's uh fucking nine. number nine yeah. and then i i dropped off in that first season of capaldi man it was it was a bit weak the writing and then yeah. i've heard that's gotten better and the new um jody whittaker's really good so here's the thing about capaldi you've got to give him some time so the first time I watched him, I'm like, oh, this really breathy Scotsman, shut up, you're boring. Yeah. Um, but then I went back and watched him again. And I was oh, yeah. like, yeah, you're pretty cool. Look, He's I, super subtle. Like. I was fine with his, I love the look, I love the flavor, I love that it was a bit kind of crotchety, but I just think the writing on those episodes were a bit shit. Who was, was it Moffat still in charge Moffat. at that time? I think he needed to fuck off. He was yeah. too busy worrying about Sherlock and other oh, stuff. Oh, he was doing Sherlock at the yeah. same time, wasn't he? He was. And you can yeah. tell that he's half-assing Doctor Who because those Sherlock episodes were way better. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
Anyway, <laughs> we're digressing. That's exciting. I don't get to talk nerd very much on nerds. this podcast. So, um, nerd, 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 nerd. Anyway, Sorry. anyone who knows me personally will know I'm a fucking massive nerd. And if this podcast <laughs> wasn't as much about music, it'd probably be more about nerdy stuff. But uh, anyway, so you've been doing it for like two years now. Yeah. And in that time, you're trying to find you know, cool things in the Western Canadian scene, which is very exciting. Similar to, I guess, what everyone's doing, like what I'm doing here with my podcast in the Melbourne scene. Like there's always things just under the surface that people need a bit of exposure, need a bit of attention, a bit of love, you know? Yeah, um, totally. So you feel good that you can nurture these bands and give them a platform? and It's really awesome. One of the things that Canadian broadcasting does really well is there is a requirement for 35% of your content needs to be Canadian. So all of the commercial radio stations will play Nickel Crack and... I don't know, Brian Adams and all of that I was bullshit. just about to say, what else is Canada known for in a, in, a, in a mainstream sense other than Nickelback and Brian Adams? Yeah, that's a bit unfair. I'm sure there's heaps more other stuff, but I don't Celine really care Dion? enough about She's it. She's Canadian, right? Yeah, Celine's up there. Avril's up there, yeah. Um, so, do you there's still some Avril getting spun on the radio out of just purely the numbers? <laughs> maybe, maybe the numbers. But I found that um, a, a lot of broadca- uh, commercial broadcasting has actually been consolidated. So you've got... Chorus Entertainment, which is one massive conglomerate for Canadian broadcasting. And they own the majority of the Triple M's and the Gold 104's and all of those sorts of things. And so they just automate it. They've got their same, I don't know, 25, but they've got their same same songs that they just play and they just hit them on repeat throughout the country. Mm. Um, when I was working at WestJet in 2007, my buddy Dave would pick me up and we would just be like, it's 8 a.m., I guess we're hearing ACDC. Like, without fail, Monday to Friday, there would be an ACDC song somewhere between 7.50 and 8.12. And the thing is, like, when it comes down to, like, mainstream radio, there's only so many ACDC songs they're playing. They're not going to do, like, any of the obscure back catalog. They're not going to go back shit. to Who Made Who. They're no. not going to do any of that kind of stuff. It's all Highway to Hell and Dirty Deeds and that's about it. But... Definitely not CanCon, is that? <laughs> Definitely no. not. But I mean, one of the things that I really love about that at CJSW is that we have the opportunity to really throw down some serious, um, just serious Canadian metal, which has gotten so much better. Even in the past few years that I've been doing this show, we've got some amazing shit coming out of Western, Can- just Western Canada. We've got there's this awesome band. I was listening to them on the way here. They're from Regina, Saskatchewan, and they're called Planet Eater. And they are one of... That is probably the most appropriate name for this band because they are just a wall of face-melting sound that comes at you. The bass guitarist Troy Troy Bletch, I think his last name is, is just a fucking behemoth of a man. He just like throws down and he's like slamming his bass like this and just, yeah, he's unreal. What kind of music is Planet Eater? I don't know. You, but you're, I, you're a radio person. Shouldn't I you have know, to and it was actually that? something I was thinking about it on the way here, where I was like, I'm going to get these boys to listen to Planet Eater and tell me who the fuck they are because they're so like there's groove in there, there's a little bit of funk in there. It's not death metal, but there might be some hardcore. Like it's just this melting pot of fucking everything, and cool. it's amazing. And nobody knows about them, like east of Regina. Like they're just. They're insane. They played at the Canadian National Final for the Varkin Medal Battle this year. Um, and that, I don't know if you've heard about the Varkin Medal Battle, but it's basically a global battle of the bands. So any unsigned band will start in their district 
or their state or whatever and they battle it out and they battle it out so there is a city final there's a provincial final there's a regional final it's like the east west conference in canada because canada is so widespread and then you've got one band that wins it and they represent canada at varken open air so it's kind of like eurovision meets it's like eurovision it's eurovision meets death clock (laughs) basically (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Like unreal. it's 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 unreal. And I've done it I've done that two years in a row now and Planet Eater came out from Regina to Calgary to basically play the final for free for half an hour, six hour drive for half an hour, just to throw the fuck down. That was so rad. They're so rad. And they ended up playing at, at Varken? No, no, they just played while the the judges totted up the scores Whoa. and sent Yeah. It's really cool. So, and also, just to add to that, I believe the Varkin medal battle is happening here in Australia for next year. So if there is anyone listening to this podcast who is interested, they might be an unsigned band, interested in maybe getting out there. We've got a member of True Believer sitting on this podcast I right know. now. I know. Hello, your, mate. Get your ass into gear, mate. <laughs> sort it out. You guys can play Varkin. Yeah. The so only, it has to be an unsigned band. So, it's, um, yeah. Lucky there you go. You. All right. So now that's fantastic. So that means obviously you've obviously been steeped in metal your whole life. Tell us about your origins back in Australia before, before snow, before anything else. Maybe Doctor Who was playing on ABC in the background. Probably was. It was probably Tom Baker at that yeah, time. Yeah, it was always, it's always fucking Tom Baker <laughs> it's on TV. Tom Baker. It's always fucking Tom Baker. You want a jelly bean? <laughs> oh, I think, yeah, he's good. He's, he's good. good. Um, but um, yeah, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm a tenant guy for sure. Yeah, tenant's pretty sweet. Like, and he's, he's done so well keeping his career above water as so many doctors have failed to do post-Doctor post, yeah. post Doctor Who. Yeah, good point. You know? Good on you, David Tennant, if yeah, you're listening. It's great. We appreciate you. Oh, my God. He has a podcast. Have you heard that? I have. I actually heard the David Tennant, Jodie Whittaker podcast of theirs. Oh, I was like, weird Scottish versus weird Northern British. I was like, ah, slow it down. I can't understand. <laughs> you do um, everything. <laughs> anyway, so you, you, you're in Australia. What was your background with, with metal? And, and, like, when did you get into listening to heavier kind of stuff? And how, how did you get into that? I ha- if I was to condense it down to one sentence, it would be my mum. Wow. Yeah. Let me explain. So when I was 13, Angel Dust by Faith No More had just been released and they, that, was, that was it for them. That was like the massive album that got them as big as they were here in Australia. Mm. My mum worked with this lady called Antigone who somehow had these two VIP tickets at Festival Hall and mum thought it would be good for me to go to a concert so fuck my first here I am with this lovely lady called Antigone I had never met her before if I had I can't remember and she took me to Faith No More Angel Dust Jim Martin was there they all came running out in like boxing robes and they had like gloves on and they're you know like just getting into it and I was like what's going on I was up in the VIP level so not down with all the smelly scary people when you're 13 years old they're pretty scary and that was it that was it. I also wow. had a neighbor down the road from me. His name was Murray Burchett and he would record albums for me on cassette. So I would get like Pantera. I had Cradle of Filth. Like I had all of these albums coming in on, you know, overdubbed cassette tapes. So like when you say Pantera and Cradle of Filth are quite yeah. separated on the spectrum there. What era was this? So what kind of Pantera? What kind, was it early Cradle of Filth stuff? Was this like the early 90s? It would have 90s been early it... 90s, yeah. So I saw Faith No More in 1993, I think. And um, it would have been after that. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. My mom actually um, 
confiscated the Pantera stuff because she thought it was too heavy, but she didn't know what Cradle of Filth was. Mm. She didn't know what Principle of Evil Made Flesh was. Like, that was just... So, yeah, that was some early shit. Yeah. Like, my first... Um exposure to cradle of filth was a guy getting suspended at our school for wearing the jesus a cunt t-shirt to a casual day glorious um yeah and that was like good a, on him yeah i know and he was like a dude in my brother's year and i was like because my brother's four years older than me and he was my kind of gateway to heavy metal and i was like who is this guy and like what is this shirt and like it's one of those things that's like um it's like the evil dead vhs cover like you see it and you're just like oh I'm too, I'm too scared to kind of go near that, but I kind of want to know a little bit more, you know? Yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, so it took a little bit while for, like, for me to come into Cradle of Filth because I'm a bit younger than you. Would have been more like, I think the Her Ghost in the Fog film clip was in like a Nuclear Blast compilation DVD. Oh, wow. And it's got that guy doing the narrating, you know, that old guy that was yeah. putting out clips and stuff. And that terrible Cradle of Fear movie that came out that I still have oh, on gosh. DVD to this day. DVD, that's good. I got rid of all my DVDs, bar a couple, and that's still in there because I don't know if you'd be able to find that anymore. That could be a collector's item. It could be. It's so fucking bad. Have you watched it recently? No, I don't want to. (laughs) Because I remember the special effects. Reinforce how bad it was. Yeah, the special effects were fucking terrible at the time. I remember there's this one bit where like a dude's speeding in a car and it's like a CGI car like crashing into something and it just looks like PlayStation 1 graphics. It's terrible. Amazing. Anyway, but way to go. So that was definitely, um, that was a big one for me, Cradle of Filth. I used to um, be in a band with... Uh, Matt Cleary from Black Elm, first uh, episode of this podcast slash my old podcast, Keir Solomon. We were in a band together called The Mort, and um, I used to—I was the front man. I used to do Danny Field style screams because my balls hadn't dropped yet, literally, <laughs> and I could do that. Good on get you. Get away with it. So there you go. I that love was, that. Was my little origins into that. But anyway, your so Faith No More, Pantera, Cradle of Filth. It's a fantastic little resume that fills a lot of different gaps in that metal yeah. world they're all you know you were talking before about how plenty to have like a funky kind of vibe yeah maybe they're pattern influenced in some way or yeah totally. them more influenced. there's definitely i don't know um there might be pantera influence there for sure you there's said grooves as well when you groove. think yeah the moment anyone's referring to their metal band having groove you i just feel like i some... just see phil anselmo on that um metal evolution where he's like groove <laughs> you know we just moved the people <laughs> like Cool, Phil. Chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So it's true. So you're listening to tapes. You're like about how old did you say you were? Thirteen. Yeah, sort of junior high, mm-hmm. middle high school. Yeah. We're in Australia, mate. We just call it oh, high yeah, school. Oh yeah, high school. Sorry, yeah. sorry. You're in fucking sorry. like year seven or in year eight. Year seven, year eight. You're in like year eighth nine. grade. <laughs> eighth grade. Yeah, twenty-four <laughs> by seven. Cool. So, so you've obviously always had an interest in metal and um, did, was that pursued while you were here in Australia? Did you ever want to be a radio show and like do triple R radio or did, was that, did this all just kind of get thrust upon you once you got to Canada? This all happened in 2017. Wow. So I listened to CJSW and I listened to podcasts and whatever else I was doing, all of the contributing, like the writing to, for Metal Wani. I also wrote for a, an Australian webzine called Metal as Fuck. I don't know if that's still going on, but that's kind of how... We, like I was doing that in my spare time. I didn't have a job at the time. I just enjoyed listening to music, trying to get a critical ear in for assessing record albums, record albums, records and albums. Um, I got to interview a a bunch of um, pretty cool bands like Jeff from Annihilator, I got to do. I got to interview Satchel from Seal Panther. Who else? Uh, Fleur from Nightwish. so this is all when you were still in Australia or? No, this was here. Uh, yeah, here. This was in Calgary in 2017 when I didn't have a job okay, before right, I got onto right. rock bottom. So you didn't do any of this stuff before. No, no. This is all quite new. So your love yeah. of metal has been going all this time, but now you're like, I'm going to funnel it into something while I don't have a job. 
Well, yeah, I guess the big inspiration was um, inspiration catalyst was in 2015. I took a summer vacation and went to Europe. And that was when I went to Hellfest for the first time. And I went to Metal Days in Sylvania. And then I went to Vark and Open Air and just kind of backpacked between the locations with, I had these tickets. I'm like, well, guess I got to go to Sylvania and went to Metal Days. And I just met these amazing metalheads. Cause I mean, Calgary's got a scene, but it's kind of, I don't know, like it's, it's small. You see the same people at the same shows. They're drinking the same beer, wearing the same Megadeth t-shirt, you know, the same songs, right? Like it's small. It's very, very small. So going out and being like, holy shit, like here is a festival of 110,000 people and that's fucking Motorhead and that's Judas Priest and that girl looks just like me and so does that guy and so does every other tens of thousands of people. You felt connected yeah, finally to this. I felt like this. there was this real community and, and, you know, you see it. You see it on all of the Sam Dunn films, right? Like you see it on A Headbanger's Journey, you see it on Global Metal and yeah, that's cool. But when, when you feel that for the first time, when you go to Budstock for the first time, like pointing at Gabe, sorry, that doesn't, that doesn't come out well in a podcast. Sorry about that. True Believer played at Bloodstock. It was their fifth show or fourth show, I think. If you listen back to the previous episode with Luke Toomey, we talk all about it. There you go. Good save. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you go to these festivals and you're like, fuck, like, that guy is on a train from Paris to Clisson and he's wearing, like, the most metal shirt I've ever seen. I don't even know what that says. And he, like, these people are all me and, and you just bond over something so special that you don't realize is special because you've just always been into it right so it was really a an awakening for me and when I was at Metal Days that was the one in Slovenia it's way smaller it's like only 15,000 or whatever oh yeah only 15,000 metal yeah. <laughs> and it's always the week before Varkin so a lot of people will go and do the metal holiday because you buy a river and um in Tolman Slovenia and it's beautiful and you ride a lilo down the river and Bands don't start till 3 p.m. It's wonderful. It's not relaxing at all. You ham it all the time, but whatever. Um, I met these people there. I met this girl called um, Taya and another girl called Nikki. And Nikki, Nikki Hallam, if you're listening, I love you very much. Um, these two girls were just so much fun. It was the year that Fear Factory played. Um, Taya was friends with Dino, who's the guitarist from Fear Factory. Mate, I, got... know, I know Dino. <laughs> of course. Um and they had AAA passes and I made friends with this Irish thrash metal band called Psychosis and they gave me their plus one and we're all out the back being like, hey, that's Jeff Loomis. Hey, that's the guy from Accept. Like just, you were just being kind of like mad VIP. It was so much fun. Um, and then I think it was Suicide Silence were also playing and Taya knew someone from there and he got us on the AAA pass for Varkin the following week. And I'm just like, what the fuck is happening? Is this how people live? I don't know. There's a flushing toilet over there. It's so amazing. Like, wow. And it was from that, I guess, that trip where I made some connections. So Nikki was the one who got me connected to the editor. Her name was Carrie. Carrie Gibson from Metal as Fuck. Started writing for them. Got to cover Varkin as a media the next year. Um, and interviewed Camp Var. And we interviewed um, Tim from Clutch. And what's his name? Morgan from Marduk and a whole bunch of them. Like it was really, really cool. That was the year that Iron Maiden played and we're just like, ah. <laughs> holy wow. shit, I can't believe we're being BSing our way through this. It was really, really fun. Um, and so through that, I got connected to a guy called Jake Patton, who is a writer for Metal Wani. And that's when I was out of a job and I was like, hey, I've got this extra time. Can I 
can I write for Metal Wani as well? And so I got connected to the editor, started doing all of these cool interviews, um, and then got a freaking radio show. This all sounds <laughs> ridiculous. It is ridiculous. You've just like been thrown into this. Like, what, what kind of, you know, did you have a bit of an aptitude to writing or interviewing or like, how did you, like, I think it's easy for anyone to say, oh, I could, I could do that. But it's, it's a skill. Like, it's a real skill to be able to interview bands and get the right things out of people and to be able to turn that into an interesting article then to read or, or content to listen to. Yeah. Um, did you have any kind of practice in doing that or were you just completely thrown into that as well? I think being a recruiter is the practice that I've had. So as a recruiter, you're supposed to interview people every day. You ask them about their jobs. You ask them about what they like, what they don't like. Do you um, know those acronyms like FORM and um, what's the other one? STAR. Yeah, STAR. Yeah. So can give the listeners a bit of a rundown because I've, I've done a bit of corporate garb in my life as well. Yeah. It, it's funny that it, it is garb, but it does work when you're in a situation, whether it be social or it's an interview or it's work related. Absolutely. So the STAR response is a way to answer behavioral based interview questions. So a behavioral based interview question is a give me an example of a time where you had to work through a really difficult problem and failed. Which is the fucking worst question in any job interview. We're just like, uh, oh, do I have to? So the star stands for situation, T is for task, A is for action, and R is for result. And so as if you follow that methodology all the way through and you are as detailed as possible, then that demonstrates that you are competent in that particular area that you're assessing. Um, and it indicates, okay, well, if Rory... Is, has done this well in the past, it indicates that he'll probably do this well again in the future. So that's what a lot of non-technical roles or job positions, how they're assessed and how people are identified, whether they're a good fit for the role or not. So I think when I, I've interviewed so many fucking people for call center and for, I don't know, web designers and IT guys and whatever else, that having that skill set behind me didn't make it so daunting to go and talk to Jeff from Annihilator or, um, you know, Wolf from Accept. That was pretty fun. Um, yeah, you just, you have the skills, you have the tool, the tool set to just have a yarn. Tools is one thing, but then you got to remember these people are interviewed every fucking day and they're asked the same questions all the time. When you're interviewing someone like that, what approach do you take to make the interview a bit more unique or a bit more personal? Like, is there anything that you try and do to be a bit different to kind of separate yourself from, from everyone else? My first question is, is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> now, look, look, I don't think we, now you, you, so uh, listeners, the reason why we are all here, this is happening while we are in Gabe's Rift Dojo is you were interviewing Gabe, Gabriel, Gabriel Joseph from True Believer for your, for, for CSJW. Yes. And you asked him that question and after some deliberation, we still don't really know. I am standing on the fact that it's not a sandwich. It's not a sandwich. So you, you, that's, so do you, do you then throw that back at the guest, whoever it is, when they say yes or no, you're like, oh, well, I think it's no. Well, I'd like to know why. Well, um, I think it's a very divisive question. You give know? Me there are your... some people who absolutely think it's a sandwich and some people who absolutely don't. Is there any kind of correlation between the people that do and don't? And have you noticed why? I feel like you've asked a lot of people that. Yeah, you know, I, I think everyone has said yes. My last guest, so my last guest was my friend Seth from Calgary, and he said, without a shadow of a doubt, yes, it's in bread, it's definitely a sandwich. And he sort of went through the, well, anything in bread is a sandwich kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, I can't remember, I think the boys from Hammer Drone also said yes, but 
I can't remember what the reason why. See, because the, the reason why Gabe got stuck towards the end was the, the souvlaki was brought up. Yes. Souvlaki, very similar to a hot dog. Souvlaki, not a fucking sandwich. No. no. So it's like... But is a burrito a sandwich? No, fuck no. See, it's... Nor is a bunning sausage. There needs to be a root. Yeah, see, bunning sausage, sausage, as Gabe pointed out there... So it can't can't be, like, completely enclosed. It completely (gasps) enclosed filling is not a sandwich. Listeners, I'm going to need you to send me some Instagram messages and let me know what you think. What about pitta bread? Like, what about a pitta? Is that a sandwich? No. Okay. My roof. Yeah, roof. There no, you go. I'm not in, anyway, so that's fantastic. It's a great way to <laughs> see break people the ice. get into it. People get people get chatty. You might find a pull pull some stuff from from a guest that you that they may not have even gotten. And I think that's really clever, especially like in the world of PR and in the world of like you know uh, press junkets and things like that. You know, you've got whether it be music or movies or TV or whatever, people are getting interviewed every 10 minutes by some new person from some new thing and they're going to have some fucking angle and it's like, oh, here we go. I the hot dog thing's a bit disarming. It's it nice. is a bit disarming. It's a good one. There's also another one, um, a CGSW question, and I can't remember how it goes, but I think I think it's just a very, hello, you're listening to CJSW. This is my this is my guest, Rory. What's your favourite colour, red or blue? And people mm. go, whoo. Uh, but mine's <laughs> green. So what, what happens yeah. then? Do people just say green? Or do I don't they- know. I haven't asked that one yet. What's your favorite color? Green. Nailed it. Emerald green, specifically. Emerald? Yeah. Like reflective emerald green or... Nah, like the color of Green Lantern's outfit. Okay. Emerald green. There you go. He's, he's the Emerald Knight. I actually haven't seen Green, green Lantern. Don't, don't green fucking watch. It's terrible. It's got, it's, got, it's got Ryan <laughs> what Reynolds is it? in it. It's What's the question? He's a space cop. It's training space day. Cop. It's, tra- it's training day in space, but Denzel <laughs> is a red-faced man, like actually red with a weird twiddly mustache like a villain and then you've got a handsome white earthling american guy oh. played by ryan reynolds in that i was about to say is it chris what's his face but it's not it's ryan what's his face yeah exactly they're all he's they're canadian all van city his, his name on instagram is van city reynolds is it proud. should he's probably a, follow him and then also he got to play deadpool who's also a proud canadian as well in the comics as well which is yes which i was actually in vancouver when they were filming deadpool too oh. yeah saw a bunch of tanks rolling past me when i was having my coffee <laughs> that's a bit weird where are you guys going? <laughs> was actually was actually after the Dead Cross concert in Vancouver last summer. Six. That's yeah. the Mike Patton. Everyone else. Who else is in that super group? Uh, Mike Patton, Dave Lombardo, who I got to interview for Metal Wani, which was awesome. Wow. Um, Michael Crane and Justin Pearson. Those two are from a band called Retox and The Locust. Yeah. It's like super Southern California, like hardcore, weird. Well, I was going to say, I remember seeing the Locust on like a Hellfest DVD many moons ago. And it was just fucking psycho. They all had like their crazy outfits on. It was just like. Yeah, that, they're pretty wild. That, yeah, that mix of where like the metalcore scene met noise and it was just kind of like, yeah, it was, yeah. it was always something you'd watch on the DVD just to be like, check out this fucking guys, you know, check out these dudes. They're pretty wild. And what was so interesting was it was just after they had released their Dead Cross album, they had a singer before Mike Patton. Um, I think his name was Gabe actually, but I can't remember. Right. Gabe something. Um, and he was also, I think in either Retox or the Locust. Mm-hmm. And he so, so it was essentially just that band with Dave Lombardo. <laughs> with Dave Lombardo and Mike Patton. Yeah. Right. And it was like, I flew all of this way to Vancouver to watch like a 20 minute set. And then there's 
Mike Patton just staring down at you. You're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't kill me, please. Is he someone you'd love to interview? Like he, mu- well, he must be a holy grail for you. Yeah, I've after. met him a couple of times. <gasps> really? When I was really young and also when they reunited in San Francisco in 2010, I flew down for those shows, which was pretty weird. Like it was amazing. I also got to see Chuck Mosley sing We Care A Lot as part of that reunion show. And really? There were tears. Like I was just so gobsmacked that I had the opportunity to see Chuck fucking Mosley live with Faith No More singing We Care A Lot. It's it's funny somewhere. because I guess like when people think of Faith No More's, you know, history, a lot of times he, I guess he's forgotten from that first album and he he had, he'd written the stuff for that, for the first album that Mike Patton was on and then he just kind of did the vocals, but it was kind of Chuck's, was that, is that how it worked? Is that, was that the go? I can't exactly remember. I know that Mike Patton wrote the lyrics for The Real Thing in like, Kind of in half an hour. Oh, or so it was more like they'd record, yeah. they'd, they'd having it ready to record with Chuck, and then what happened with Chuck? I don't even know um, the story. I can't remember if it was drugs or if they just wanted to advance the capabilities of the band. Yeah. I sort of get the Faith and More and Iron Maiden stories mixed up in my head. So I. <laughs> just those <laughs> one poor, of them is drugs, the yeah. other one is probably also drugs, but I can't remember. Look, if it's rock and roll, there's usually drugs yeah. are soon to follow. Just know? need to refer to that No Effects song, Eddie Bruce and Paul, and then you have the history of Iron Maiden. <laughs> fantastic um cool so fuck me that's pretty fucking interesting actually um so you're obviously just a big fan of music you're flying around to see stuff regardless of whether it's for a radio show or an interview on your zines or whatever you're just a, a music fan just love it it's a um, good time very much so what it, i guess that makes sense now when you're talking about that that sense of community that you finally felt because you're the kind of person that would go to that effort to see these bands and go and trek to find what you're looking for um what made you settle on calgary of all the places you could go because it's a weird when we so listeners we first met uh like last week um, (laughs) 10 days ago this is like the second time we've met doing this podcast like i said very advantageous to just jump on this and do it but um you know yeah instantly you you were quite Hey, how's it going? I'm looking to do this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's really exciting to find people that I guess I see a bit of myself in. That's like making that extra effort by doing a podcast or a radio show or a zine. Or, and there's so many people out there that are trying to do that, you know, trying to make their little name in this world that doesn't pay at all. And you're just doing it purely for the love of it. So like, yeah, again, why Calgary? Why, what, what clicked? Calgary was a compromise, to begin with, like when I was there in 2007, it was I need to make as much money as possible to get to Argentina to do my ski season because I wasn't able to work in Argentina while we were there. So it was just a tourist visa, the epitome of ski bum. You do five things a day. One of them's poop, you know, <laughs> one of them's ski, whatever the rest it was. I don't even remember. Drink, probably. I There's think heaps of shit one. to do. Not really. Um, and when I when I came back to Calgary... A, there was a connection from my WestJet and from my Broken City days. But B, it was a really good compromise because I didn't want to be a ski bum because it's actually really hard work being drunk and skiing all the time. Like, you sort of lose your brain a little bit. You just are partying all the time. And I found that... Everything becomes a bit of a blur. Becomes a bit of a blur. And also, you forget how to real life. So I got back to Calgary and I was like, I need to work. Like, I don't want to work in hospitality anymore. Um... So Calgary was perfect because it's only 45 minutes from the nearest ski hill. I can still get out to Sunshine Village and go snowboarding every weekend. It's got that international airport where you can get out really quick. 
Um, if so you, you get to San to Fran to see... Pop down more. to San Fran. It's a two-hour trip. 90 minutes to Portland, like an hour or less to Vancouver. And you've seen some shows at Doug Fur? At where? Uh, isn't it Doug Fur? Isn't that the place in Portland where like mad bands play? I have seen bands play at... Oh, you're testing me. It's on... It's a Hawthorne. The Hawthorne Theatre on... Hawthorne Boulevard and I think 39th Avenue in the Southeast. Sick. My youngest sister used to live in Portland, so I would go down there quite often to see her. I actually saw Faith No More in Portland in 2015 before I went on my big medication. <laughs> Just remembered that. Unreal. Have times where you're like, when Chris Cornell died, I'm like, fuck, did I ever see Soundgarden? I had to like look back and see if they'd played at a big day out or if they'd played at a yeah. festival or whatever else. And then I was like, oh, fuck, I saw them play two years ago in Calgary. <laughs> like, just They just... Kind of it starts to blur when you get a bit older, doesn't yeah. it? Like I remember we went and saw that um, that Slayer movie that came out the other week that they played for one night only that was a bunch of their ridiculous film clips mushed together and then a, a live set. And um, we were chatting about Slayer and I'm like, I've seen Slayer before. I've definitely seen them like a few times, but I couldn't pinpoint when I'd seen Slayer. And then I was like, oh, it definitely would have been like a Soundwave or a Big Day Out or something that I've seen them at. But it's you just like... I don't know, because there's such a, a monolithic band and it's something that, like, of course you would go and see if you were a metal fan, but, like, I just couldn't place. But it was. It was definitely like a sound wave during the day. I remember it was still, like, sunny. I got my shirt nice. ripped in the mosh pit. Oh, bugger. Mm, so, it's all right. I've it was, got Slayer fatigue. Yeah. I've seen too much Slayer. Well, good thing they're done, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, are they? No, they're not. <laughs> are they not <laughs> Who done? knows? They did a fa- this massive farewell tour in North America with Behemoth and Testament and Anthrax was in it and Lamb of God. There was like, there were so many of them, and it was awesome. It was like the closest to an awesome music festival that Calgary would ever get. And then they were like, cool, well, we're coming back for Heavy Montreal next year. Like, they'll play it at Varkin the next year. They played in Edmonton, like, two weeks ago. Who knows? Chumps. What are they doing? It's like Motley yeah. Crue all over again. They're the, fucking, <laughs> they're the John Farnham of metal. Just, Fancy. Just keep pretending to be done. The motherfucker's playing Falls this year. What? John oh. Farnham? Yeah. He's still alive. <laughs> Mate. Good on him. He's the voice. He's the voice. Uh, Try and understand it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So, fuck me. Um, we've, we've jumped all over the place. But um, tell us a little bit more about um, what you love about the, the Calgary scene. You know, you've mentioned there's some technical metal there. What else is happening there? Like, you know, what, what's, what's popular in Calgary or what's popular in Canada? What are you playing on yeah. the radio show? So, again, like going back to the CanCon requirement, do you need to open the door, Do it. Just do it. <laughs> What a, um, what a gracious little podcast person. Well, you can't sit there. What if you need to go to the loo? Man, I need to go to the loo. I'm going to pause this podcast in a minute to do it. Okay. Um, yeah, because of the Canadian content requirement that we have on the air. like 35%. 35% every hour. Has to be 35%. You get exposed to a bunch of really cool stuff. And also the stuff that I've done with, for example, the Varkin Metal Battle, uh, the stuff that I did with Metal Wani. I've been sort of connected to some people in the industry which has been really really helpful so there's this one guy who is basically a canadian pr guy his name is john asher he's from asher media relations he sends holix links out all the time he's always plugging all local can um the local canada bands and so that's one way i so like a fantastic resource for you to be such a to great troll through that and go oh this is great so you're yeah. not like you're not sitting on band camp in like the calgary tags looking for no stuff to play no chance um, we also have a really good chart list as part of CJSW. So it's a really interactive online chart list where we can go in and see the submissions that have been made to the radio station. Oh, that's cool. And so we and also... Being a, a, a 
college-style radio station, right? I feel like that would be a bit of a beacon for people to have their stuff played on yeah. your show, correct? We're slowly slowly moving to digital as well because we we don't have any more room left in our library, physical library. So we're actually getting way more digital submissions these days. Which oh, is... so you were talking when you say submissions, like people are sending in like demo CDs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, there's heaps of them. Heaps of them. It's awesome. Um, so that's a really good place to go and find stuff as well. But just going to shows. Like there's this awesome band. They're a death metal band. They're called Hammer Drone. They're pretty fucking wild. Like the lead singer is this gigantic, like six foot something Scottish dude with no hair. And he just stares into your soul whenever he's playing his name, Graham. His name is Graham. Hi, Graham. See, I'm getting into the Aussie. Like I'm starting to like roll my yeah. words into yeah. one. Yeah, it, so- cool. it sounds like you've never left. Bloody good, eh? <laughs> I'm excited. So that's fantastic. So you've got this. So there's always stuff rolling in. You don't have to be looking too hard for it, but you're always going to be amazed by finding new stuff, which is super cool. It's awesome. And CJSW is really involved in the local community as well. So when we did the national final of the Varkin medal battle, we had the radio station come down and actually sell, not sell, raffle off a big merch like full of like CJSW swag, um, $5 a raffle ticket. And then the money that they collected went to the winning band who was going to Germany for Varken. Cool. Um, so they raised like, I think it was like five or $600 to help that band get over there. Cause when you win, you don't really get that much money. Of course. Maybe enough for one band member, but the rest, yeah. rest of that money needs to be generated. So and if anyone's been listening to this podcast from the get go, they'll know that being in a band is, it's not glory. You know, it's, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of your own money coming yeah. off a regular job to do what you really love doing, you know, big um, investment of time and money and, and emotional labor as well. So, um, being able to support in that way is, is really good. CJSW also spearheaded an all ages venue in Calgary. It's called sick. the McHugh house. It's an old heritage building. That's got all, it's like, I don't know, it's like kind of like this house where they've got like a living room and you can have a show in there and then they've got the dining room and you can have a show in there. It's really, it's quite cool. And so it's, they have like all ages black metal shows there. And wow. Yeah, it's cool. It's something that, as we were talking about from my heavy metal past as a kid, like all ages gigs really are everything. To when, when, you're, when you can't get into venues because you're not 18 yet, um, you know, all you have is all ages gigs. And now that I'm almost 31, I don't give a fuck about all ages gigs anymore. But you forget there are so many kids that like are so desperate to hear this kind of stuff. So for, for CJSW? Yeah. To do that is um, is really special because you're going to start to um, really cultivate a younger scene and get more get more bands and get more kind of interest around it. Um, I was listening to a podcast just the other day. It was Dennis Lixon from Refuse talking to the guy from Fucked Up. Is, are they a Canadian band? I think they might be Canadian. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, he had, the singer from that band has a podcast and was talking to Dennis and he was talking about like all the Refuse shows they played in the first couple of years. I think two of them were over 18s and then in one of them he was saying that like they got all their gear and like plugged in outside before the show and just played to all the the kids that were like hanging around out the front yeah and it was awesome it was one of those things where like he's the kind of guy who understands like community and building a scene and doing that kind of stuff and anyway listeners find that podcast just type whatever it was it was really good actually because i'm a huge refuse fan so um hearing him talk about the scene so passionately and him growing it from this tiny little town that he was from probably similar to Geelong where I'm from or Calgary where you are now. Like yeah. it, it can be a beacon for, for kids to come and, and start something and then they'll end up being on your radio show. Totally. Cool. And it's getting better and it's really cool to see or to be a part of an organization like CJSW, which is not for profit. 
Um, we don't get any grants. We are not advertising. Do well, you guys we, do subscribe like subscriptions, like like Triple R does or PBS? Similar. We have a funding drive every October, which is was my last live show before I came here, and it's basically twenty four hours a day, seven days a week of twenty four by seven pitching. Twenty four by seven pitching. Yeah. Um, to listeners asking for the community like, like PBS in America as well, not not Australia. Yeah, Melbourne, or KEXP PBS, in Seattle. They do the similar kind of oh thing. Oh, my God. I love – they do so much video content, KEXP, that like bands that I love and they'll do like a 40-minute performance slash interview, which is like heaven for me. Yeah. And who's the one that does Tiny Desk? That's not, um, that's not them. That's another radio station. Oh, I'm not sure. You know, those listeners, if you just type Tiny Desk into YouTube, there's amazing concerts that are filmed within, like, like literally in, like, someone's desk at another radio station that may be northwesterny, probably, because that's... Cool. I don't I'm gonna, know. I'm going to type that up as well. I'm going to quickly find out yeah, while no you worries. keep talking, because I'll find out if I did it. CJSW also has a band room that is linked to the live broadcast studio, so we can get bands, we can get bands live on the air playing for us when they're in town so that's really awesome cool well. uh, it's npr by the way N- everyone knows NPR. npr totally um so yeah they do the tiny desk kxp yeah. do those awesome um performances in that room with all the ball lighting and they'll like, do it out of focus and there's just like it's always nice yeah. colors and stuff unreal we just got a whole bunch of new cameras for yes our so i was just about to say room. is that something that you could start doing is is providing content for people like us over in australia to be able to watch for these yeah, coming well, canadian acts we actually have a youtube we do. We have a YouTube. Spook it. Um, I think it's just CJSW YouTube. Like Great. If you just type that in and there's a whole bunch of content in there. Content. Um, for people to go in and watch. And that's all of the bands that are playing in the band room that will either be live on the air at the time or maybe they'll be doing a pre-recorded episode. Um, and then we just pop that footage up once it gets edited by one of our fantastic volunteers. Um, we've got over 200 volunteers and only seven full paid staff. Wow. And I guess because you're connected to the college, do you call it college in? University. Univer- you call yeah. it university because it's Canada. Um, well, yeah. there are universities and there are colleges. Wait, what? Yeah. I thought in America, everything was a college. And then in Canada, they have differences. Is it because they have a queen on the money like we do? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think there's slight, there's slight differences in education, not quality, but one's a diploma, one's a degree. Kind oh, of cool. Like a TAFE versus a university. Yeah, maybe like a TAFE. So what I'm, what I'm getting at anyway, listeners, if very convoluted, but I'm assuming there's a lot of people within the program at your university that then want to practice volunteer in the radio station, whether it be doing video or producing or interviewing and all that stuff, because it's building on their on their skills that they're learning. At, it's at building the on the skills in the in the programs or whatever programs that they're in, but it's also a beacon for a bunch of first year students who might be really nervous or don't have any friends or come from a different city or country or wherever Mm. to band together. And actually, again, that community feel that's so important. Um, There's this one guy, his name's Talon. Hi, Talon. I hope you're listening. And he is from Colorado and he has a show called The Power Trip. And he's fucking awesome. I love him. He's like the highest ball of energy ever. But he, when he first came to Calgary to come to the UFC, he was living in residence. Um, I just remember that he started as a volunteer and now he's got this two-hour program every week. What does he play on the power trip? Everything. He's like, I just want to liken it to my personality. And he's this all like ball of fucking energy. So he actually, for funding drive, is part of his swag. Like we give away incentive, like, like T-shirts or records or cds we do mixtapes for people um as part of a thank you to to incentivize them to to pledge to us and what did he do Uh, a potato battery yeah yeah he made a 
potato battery with like three nails and some wire and a potato and he was like the highest bidder gets my potato what a legend <laughs> it was awesome oh that eighth grade i, I pledged science to his show and i was like i don't want the potato give it to someone else that's, that's <laughs> fantastic oh that's so cool so what i'm what i'm getting from all of this laws is that you're just a part of this beautiful little scene in Calgary, like there are popping up everywhere, always have been, always will be. These little pockets where you're helping prop up, you know, people that people that want to have a crack and want to learn. And exa- I know you're holding up the. I sun guess I card. just shine like the sun. Fucking just kidding. Is. That's a bit. That's a bit conceited. But no, you don't, need, you don't know what mate. The card chose you. You picked it out of the oh, thing. You know. I did. I just wanted a card that would give me the color of my snowboard boots for this season. But apparently, apparently, I got a therapy lesson. From the tarot lady. Yeah, wow. You know, the universe works strangely like that in some weird way. Slash so my, mystical. Slash the gimmick for the mushroom. <laughs> fuck, it keeps panning out, man. Like, seriously, every time people pull cards, I'm like, wow, that's uh, it's very specific and very oh. tailored to this conversation, which is very Totally. Cool. I like that. Get How's it going, Gabe? Rolling? Yeah, we're still rolling. Come on in. I think Britt's going to come on. So oh, sweet. It's going to be noisy. Okay. All right. Well, we've been recording for like an hour. So this is pretty good for someone. Good timing. For this this whole tight little thing that I thought was going to be like, oh, I don't know if I can do an interview. Just, but I think it's obviously your radio experience and your your background in HR recruiting. That uh, just love to have a yarn, mate. Yep. So, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? I, can we do the rapid fire questions? So, yeah, do it. So, listeners, before this happened, uh, Loz interviewed Gabe Gabriel Gabriel Joseph for her show, and she gave these fantastic quick fire questions that I was really interested in. I'd like you to do them for me, and I'll shoot them back at you, please. Okay. Can you say some words so I can find them? Yeah, sure. Um, what I found really cool about that was that it's just a fun way to just open up the the guests and, and get them chatty. And, and it's yeah. a fun dialogue. And I, I hope that if you're listening in the car or cooking dinner or whatever you are, and you think about your answers as well, maybe just yell them out or send them to me. I don't care. Instagram them. Yeah, send them to Internet me. Internet them. I, I want to know. Fuck you, Tara Lady. Yeah. Okay. Analog or digital? Digital. What time did you wake up today? Uh... My alarm went off at 6.30, but then I woke back up at 7.30. Nice. Last thing you read? Uh, I'm rereading The War of Art right now. Nice. What was it? It's called War on Art? War of Art? What's it called? War on that, Art? It's that fucking Joe Rogan book. It must be on. He's it, a pretty aggressive guy. It's just, yeah. <laughs> I think it's in my bag. Hold on. War, the War of Art. Oh, dang. I was wrong. Listeners, The War of Art. Listen, it'll fucking... Plug for Joe Rogan? It, <laughs> Well, I mean, I think, I don't know how I got into it. I think my friend Bo got me onto it, or Matt Cleary, maybe. But um, yeah, it motivates the fuck out of you when you read it. And I read it a couple of years ago, and it was time for a reread. It was like, all right, time to kick my ass again. Nice. What was your first memory? Um, I was four, and I got a sweet Wolf Castle Lego set for my fourth birthday. And I remember I, my brother built it for me before he went to school. And then I broke it during the day and I couldn't rebuild it because the instructions of Lego are very linear, you know. So once you break something off, you don't know how to rebuild it. And that was my memory of not knowing how to rebuild the wolf castle. Oh. Mm. Waiting for my brother to get home patiently so he could fix it for me. Nice. Last thing you cooked? Uh, lentil, lentil bolognese. Delicious. Tea or coffee? Tea. If you're reborn, who or what would you like to be? One of those monkeys in India that like steal food from people's, like they break into their, like they open the windows up and like open the fridge. And like I saw this, I think it was like an Attenborough doco and they like fully, like it's like Ocean's Eleven, but with monkeys and like someone watches the outside, someone opens a window, they go in, they raid the fridge and they take all the food and they give it to all their little monkey buddies and they go jump in water because it's hot. Monkey communism. I like it. So sick. (laughs) What inspires you? Hmm. 
people doing good things. Last record you played? When you say record... Digital or analog, doesn't matter. Um, what did I listen to up I on the drive here? <laughs> I, I was actually listening back to the previous podcast episode with Luke Toomey on the drive here. That sounds a bit narcissistic, but I just wanted to make sure the sound levels were good. It could have been a little bit louder. Um, Albums-wise, uh, I Hate God because I saw them on Saturday night. It was sick. So oh, I was re-listening nice. to it because it was. Um, I just needed more ring-outs in my life. Yeah, good one. Uh, favorite piece of musical equipment? Probably guitar. Nice. Last movie you saw? I started watching Stargate last night because <laughs> when I was on tour with the True Believer Boys, I'd found out that uh, the Toomeys were a bit of a fan of Stargate SG-1, which was very exciting to me, as we've discussed previously in this podcast. Uh, I love Doctor Who, love a bit of sci-fi. And I'm love like, fuck, I'm going to get back into SG-1 because Luke told me that it's all on Stan, which is a streaming service here in Australia. So I was like, fuck yeah. So they had Stargate as well. So I'm going to watch the movie first. And I'm going to jump straight into that SG-1 action. Nice. And Kurt Russell has a fucking badass haircut in that movie. Like it's a full military, yeah, flat top. It's like how they did for Van Damme with Guile. Instead of, <laughs> it should have been massive, but they gave him that shorter one. But it looks fucking good. And Kurt Russell's a badass. And he's smoking ciggies with a fucking zippo. And I was like, what a fucking gun. So yeah, I was, yeah. What a gun. Top gun. Uh, who do you love? Mm, most people nice that's it that's all i got all right now have you have you built this list over some time or has has it changed over the years or you know you've been interviewing people for two years now right like has, has have you had to cut stuff or have you had to like tool some of the questions to change a bit I kind of mix them around a bit my old music director his name's whitney he actually sent me a massive long list because i found that it's good when you run out of things to say and you're live on the air, it's good to have a rapid fire list. Oh, fantastic. All right, very yeah. good. All right, so let's let's throw it back at you, Loz. Analog or digital? Digital. Uh, what time did you wake up today? Nine o'clock. Last thing you read? The PMA effect and it sucked. Like PMA, like positive mental attitude? Yeah. And why did it suck? It was written by the guy who, I can't remember if he was in bad brains. I was going to say like a, what, like a, like a DC Joe, hardcore kind yeah. of. Yeah, that was a Yeah, it just sounded, it was poorly edited and it was just this really macho look at me i'm from the streets pma and I'm like, like a bit no. henry rollins I'm like a bit you know like no I'm, I'm henry a tough rollins punk. is eloquent and has substance and gosh i'm really shitting on this book but this guy was i don't just, want to shit on henry rollins or the dc punk scene either discord records any of that kind of yeah. vibe like it's sick like i'm into all of that stuff but it just but I, you just didn't feel I just didn't feel into it. He was like, well, this one time when I was writing a screenplay, I need to meditate more. And so I meditated. You should try it too. I'm like, no. For you potties, I just gave Rory the finger. Do you reckon that screenplay ever got produced though? God, I hope not. Can't even remember his name. It was terrible. Don't read that book. Yikes. That's a fucking, yeah, it's a pretty harsh review. (laughs) Uh, What's your first memory? Gosh, I've got so many first memories flooding back because I'm back home and getting a bit nostalgic with my parents. But I have a very, we were talking about this this morning, a very vague recollection of a dust storm that came through Australia, through Melbourne. I was going to say, where were you at the time when Um, you were living down here? Mum was talking about the Dandenong fires, the bushfires that were Uh in Dandenong, I think, in the early 80s. And... um, Oh, wow. Ben Crash we, Wallet. We were being warned that Britt was going to make a bit of noise and it's, no, we're, it's, it's we're, happening. We're pretty close to done, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Hi, Brett. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there were the dandenongs were on fire and there was a big dust storm coming from the west and mum was talking about it. I'm like, fuck, I think I remember being inside um, because there was a dust storm, but it's very, very vague. Hmm. Not 100%. Interesting. So it's like yeah. some kind of crisis is like stuck in your brain, maybe. Maybe. Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee, for sure. Last thing you cooked? I cooked craft dinner for my niece in Wangaratta. What's craft dinner? Uh, really, really bad overprocessed macaroni and cheese from North America. Sick. It's like macaroni, but it's got powder. Like oh, yeah, Easy Mac. Powder. We got that here in Australia. It's called Easy Mac. Oh, is it? Yeah, is it by Kraft? Like, you just yeah, you just cut the sachet and like yeah. tip it with some hot water and Dump it's it like in. boom. Yeah, it comes gross. in cups as well. If you you know you, you, if you're on the go, and you're apparently the Australian version isn't as good as the Canadian version. Yeah, of course. Probably, according to my niece. Yeah, it's probably yeah. less shit in it as well. It's delightful. It's so bad, it's good. Um, <laughs> oh lordy, <coughs> a little cough there off mic, on mic because it was loud. Uh, if you were reborn, who or what would you like to be? I think I'd want to come back as a really spoiled cat. Oh yeah. That'd like my cats. Would you be able to like go in and outside as you please as well? No, I'd stay inside. Inside cat? Yeah, inside. What kind of, um, would you have some kind of play area? Like a cool little tower of little fluffy things? Yeah, maybe. Can... Maybe a catio, like around the outside of the house. Just mm. beep, 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 beep. Go for a roll. What inspires you? People. People inspire me. Last record you played? DG Blackness from the Stars by Planet Eater on the way here. Fuck. So right. fucking good. Listeners, I think you I will to... plug those they... babes. To are no they, end. Are they on Spotify? They are. So you go pause the podcast right now, listeners. If you are on Spotify, you literally just jump across and you can go to Planet Eater and check that shit out. It's yeah. groovy. It's, it's funky. Groovy. It's fucking. It will melt your face. There is a song on Blackness from the Stars called "The Spoil." I think it's like track nine or ten, and it's fucking great. The riff in it is so heavy. All right, now we've hit a snag because um, oh, your phone no, is you locked. Need... But I can now see your two cute cats on your lock screen know, that you would wish cute. to come back as. I know they're so fat. <laughs> That's who I want to come back as. You, mate, do you want to just read out the questions and yeah, read out your totally. answers? Yeah, totally. What did we get up to? This phone sucks. Um, the next question was... Oh, shoot. Hold, please. Do, 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 do. Last record you played. Favorite piece of musical, musical equipment, I would say the guitar. Last movie I saw. I don't really watch movies, but I do love TV. And the last TV I watched was Doctor Who. Really? Are you, oh, yeah. Like current Whitaker stuff? Or are we talking, are you going no, back? reruns. I think it was on Capaldi. Mm. I just put it on in the background. and The second season with Capaldi was really good. I've heard, but that first season was crap yeah. where there was that one moon. It was like a giant spider egg or some shit. And I'm like, yeah, no, was a bit shit. fucking thumbs down on that. <laughs> I, don't think I, I don't think I went back after that episode. I'm like, fuck, fuck this. I love Capaldi's look. I loved he was wearing, like, was he wearing like Doc Martens and stuff yeah. at the start? And like sick pants. And yeah, it was a great outfit. You look good. Yeah. But just fucking shit. No, I can see that. Give it another go. I'll give it another go. Just one more go. Just skip the egg one. And who do you love? I love my family and my cats. And that's it. Lovely. How are you feeling? Pretty good. This is like... Pretty excited for for a bit of a yarn. Yeah, exactly. For a podcast that I thought was going to be a bit rushed and a bit short, it's still gone for an hour. Yeah. And I'll pat it out with a post ramble, which is what I do after my show. I'll I'll just talk about how much I like talking to you without you there. Nice. That'll be exciting. You can listen back to that bit when, when I put the podcast up. Is it real? Like, are you being sincere in the, in the post-ramble? No, it's all lies. Okay. And I actually just have to hold back the hold hate back I the hate for you. 
Just channel to... that into a planet eater mosh pit. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old, man. I don't do mosh pits anymore. Do you do mosh pits anymore? No, I hardly do nighttime shows anymore. Whenever Sabaton roll through Calgary, that's like a 7 p.m. start and it's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I like I, the all ages shows. When start I, at 2. Yeah, exactly. No on one's getting fucked up. No one's, you know, get caused any mischief. No, they probably still are. Um, <laughs> look, as I've gotten older, um, I've been going to metal shows until I was like, I, actually, I think. I think it might have been revealed on the podcast just recently that, um, that, yeah, my first proper show was In Flames, Chimera, and who else was the support? I can't fucking remember. But, yeah, I was about 14 or 15. I went to the Hi-Fi, which is now Max Watts, um, and it was amazing. And I got in the mosh pit, and I always did get in the mosh pit. I still do every once in a while. If a band is worthy of my uh, um, attention, I'll get in there. I'll get up in that action, especially like Dillinger Escape Plan. I'll still cop bruises and... I don't know the kind of weird rash you get when you. Oh yeah. You know that Other people weird, sweat. It's like it's like red, but it, yeah, it could be like a bit of a burn from someone. Or it might have like come a, from going like a over skin a, burn. You know when you're yeah. a kid. Yeah. You know? But it's not like bleeding, but it's just like red. Yeah. So um, yeah, bands like that will still. I, I like to crowd surf, so like that's a fun moment. You know when you get to have a. You know when you like go over and if you can high five someone in the band. Yes. That's really special. But I'm older now, so it's hard to. Also, I feel bad because i'm not like i'm not a light dude so like you got to really put in your time in the pit to like get a couple of other people up so then if you try and get up they're not going to be like ugh. but then i hear like, but then there are bands like municipal waste or something where it's like oh no fuck that i'm gonna just like, run around in a circle Wee, yeah, see, I feel like at that point in the game when people started bringing out circle pits, people have spilt beers and drinks and sweat and you're just going to slip over. I, I worry about the circle pit. But didn't you just describe a municipal waste concert? Yeah, but you just get in, jump on someone's shoulders when they're like unsuspecting, launch over them and then, you know, ride all the way over to the... Um to the to the to the barrier where a security guard will grab you and then say don't do it again rip your sleeveless t-shirt down to the point where it's essentially a weird poncho and then you just do it again um good for you there's some footage if you look up like municipal waste at i think they played at the corner a couple of years ago you can see matt cleary and i like literally going over the barrier a few times because we were just like going nuts we um we followed municipal waste up the um east coast and we like made tour t-shirts like for ourselves like matt and i we wrote like east coast lifeguards and we had um green and yellow obviously keeping it aussie i don't know if you remember but that's our colors yeah. even though it's not on our flag we did uh green and yellow zinc on our faces and we were like zinking up other people in the audience and we had like floaties and then um we were crowd surfing heaps and then what was great was ryan waste at one point dedicated terror shark to us in one of those like four shows we saw them play at awesome so that's a good story yeah i'll, I'll get out every once in a while for a bit of a crowd surf but these days i'm a bit older i have i'll happily just kind of watch side of stage yeah i like side stage as well that's yeah. a good time <laughs> well i mean like uh if i can get side of stage side of stage that would be amazing uh people um i'm a podcaster now I'm, I'm in the media much like uh loz is over the other side just give me some give me some aaas you know yeah you otherwise should. i'll just stand to the side max watts is perfect for that because they've got a little dip in so you can just stand on the outside maybe even one step so you're not like blocking anyone's view that's where i'm at saw the black homeboys doing that standing at the side Up the side hmm. side up it's kind of like when you step into a spa you know like a hot tub yeah it's like and a hot tub stage also as well speaking of our old age I have to wear glasses now if I go to gigs because if I'm too far back, I can't see the band. See. So I will literally get close just so I can watch the band. Otherwise, I'm wearing glasses at the back like a fucking goober. <laughs> yeah, you know? goober. Yeah, you know, like, oh, who's that old guy? But you need to stay back because otherwise I've got smashed. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I feel like I've shed a lot of those uh, those young man things in metal. I've got, I shave my head now so I don't have long hair anymore. I wear glasses. 
and I'll, I won't get in a mosh pit anymore. So I think I've made, all I do now is just fold my arms at every fucking show and I've made it to oh, old man, man metal stage. I do that all the time. Yeah. It's just a comfortable place all to put your time. arms. I know people say body language. It's like, oh man, you know, it's saying that you're not open to experience. It's like, no, no, I just like keep my arms there. You I know? think that's actually also as as a woman in the mosh pit, like that's actually a it's safe. It's a boob, boob it's, protector. It's a boob protector. Mm. Yep. So I would find myself doing that a lot in shows anyway, just to sort of protect my body. <laughs> that actually you know what um i'm always a little bit hesitant to talk about women in metal in inverted commas because it's a bit of a fucking done conversation but you've you've been in it for so long you know have you noticed a difference in like you know there's been so much more inclusion in the last couple of years not just with you know like me too and those kind of awful kind of side of it that brings a bit of that to light but just the fact that like metal was never particularly a women a woman's game mm-hmm. a women's game women's, you know what i mean so like how did you feel coming into that and how has that changed for you in the last couple of years especially being a radio presenter i am so glad you brought that up well look like so i said i, I was up. a little hesitant because it's like <laughs> tell us about what it's like being a woman in metal like any time yeah. a girl's in a band or no or she's... that's not that's not how i heard it and i appreciate Good. the uh i appreciate the question because my, and... my thing is when i was 15 there was no girls at shows now it almost feels like a 50 50 split which is fantastic that and i I could only assume that they've become more accessible is that something that you've noticed um i think also women are more empowered uh so one of the things that i'm actually trying to do as part of my half of rock bottom because i have a co-host and we we split the show 50 50 is i'm actually going to be focusing way more on femme and non-binary artists um just to lift the voices of those in the industry because i really believe that um there are bands out there doing shit that is so much more intense that is so much more aggressive that is really giving the death metal cookie monster vocalists um a run for their money and they are significantly more talented because women have to be in order to be seen at the same level as a cannibal corpse women mm. have to be 250 yeah work harder otherwise be more it's, it's a gimmick and it's this and, and and metal dudes will kind of look at that with like oh yeah here we go you know like there's all there's like you have to jump over that extra hurdle of that cynicism that's going to be faced by your average metal fan and And the sexism that comes with it as well yeah and that's not to throw shade on metal fans that they're not open-minded or anything like that but it's it's i think it more just comes from a place of you're in a certain position and you're used to seeing a certain thing and you see something else and then it's almost like i think being in the metal scene you have a bit of a stronger bullshit detector than other people and that doesn't necessarily mean that um you're instantly going to think that something like that's bullshit, but you're you're going to be on your defense a little bit, and you need to be wowed. You need to you need to have that 250 percent of a performance to be like, oh no, that was fucking sick, you know, as opposed to like, yeah, it was good, you know, like yeah. I mean, every woman that I know in the scene has got a story similar to, oh, you're wearing a Fear Factory t-shirt. Which song's your favorite? Mm. Or um, there's this amazing post-hardcore band out of the UK. They're called Svalbard. And I follow Serena. She's the guitarist. And she posted a Twitter comment recently that said, well, here I am with my wonderful husband who was helping me, uh, I think it was Serena, who was helping me carry my shit out, load out. And someone looked at my husband and said, hey, I like your roadies, when the girls were actually in the band. Yeah. So every woman or non-binary f- artist has got a story like this. And we don't often see metal as, well, 
you know, you're discriminatory or you're sexist or whatever. And like, yeah, there are pockets and they're fuckwits, whatever. Don't listen to this podcast if you're one of them. Um, but every woman has a story about that. And it's always such a dismissive response from people. Oh, well, that would never happen here. Well, you didn't hear about the girl that got raped at Hellfest. And you didn't hear about the security guards at Brutal Assault who were paid off by guys who were fondling women in the mosh pit. You didn't yeah. hear about a guy that showed up at backstage at Varkin and looked a girl in the eye who owns a fucking record label and said, who do you, ha- who did you have to fuck to get here? You yeah, don't hear about right. that kind of stuff, right? That shit would never happen to men. And I think by raising the voices of women and non-binary folks in our scene, we have an opportunity to really combat that behavior as sure. well as it's just about making it normal. Cause the moment it's normal, it will stop happening. But totally. while, while we're in this space where people, who are going to be dicks regardless. Like, let's be honest, you know, like uh, there's just dicks everywhere. Totally. There's and, dicks everywhere and it's, and it's really know. felt, I mean, and that's oppression, right? Like any yeah. group feels some sort of oppression somehow. And by raising a voice and shining a light on these artists and promoting that wonderful, incredible talent that's out there. Hmm. Like I've got names down here. There's a band from Calgary called Hyperia and the lead singer, Molly, she's like a cross between fucking jill janus and the guy from skeleton witch like she is insane you've got this girl from feel thingo her name is juanita and she is a black metal singer she screeches like a fucking banshee and nobody's looking at her Mm. they look at the fucking oh look at that guy he looks like girl or whatever like no one's seeing what she's bringing up there's a band from the uk called venom prison who have probably they're probably up there for me between them and Allegion for album of the year this year. Wow. Like in the lead singer, her name's Larissa Stupar and she is like out of this world. Like there's yeah. so much amazing music out there that I think that it's time for the global metal community to really turn around and say, you know what, man, that's not on. We shouldn't be berating or dismissing or trivializing what women bring to this scene because the women are the record the PR managers. They are the managers. They are the, you know, the people who are tuning guitars. They're the ones on stage. Like, you know, there's always a show me your tits, like at an Arch yeah. show, right? So, yeah, just fuck off with that attitude and, and make way, make space because... Yeah. And there's some really cool things that are happening in the scene as well. Like, I actually have it written down in my train notes. Um, there is an awesome feminist festival in Calgary called Femwave and our music director her name is Haley Muir and she is the lead singer of a punk band called the Shiverettes and they're fucking badass they've got this one album called Dead Men Can't Catcall and it's unreal they're so unreal and the whole point of Femwave is to make a safe space for women and non-binary artists yeah, to like, just like like girls to the front rip. you know like yeah. it's, it's always kind of been there and it'll always kind of come back yeah. Um, and especially, like, I can't help but think about how positively you talked about your experience with the metal scene and how you've got through this, you know, and you found that, oh, man, there's this person from here and they're from here over here and we're all here together. Like, that's the positive kind of angle I guess we should keep on this is that it, yeah, it, totally. it is happening. Yeah, and it is happening and it needs to be, like you said, it needs to become the norm and mm. it needs to be any kind of shady behavior like the one that I told you about at Brutal Assault, like the rape that happened at Hellfest. Um, all of that shit needs to be, like, metalheads are metalheads are united, right? Like, there's this, no, fuck you, you're doing bad. Like, if you see a woman in the pit who is who looks uncomfortable, go and ask her if she's okay. That's all you have to say. And it's the same thing right? that you would do if someone's falling down in the pit, you're going to pick them right. up, right? So yeah. what's the difference? 
Totally. My friend Nikki wants to make a uh, like a patch, um, which will be like a safer spaces patch, so metalheads can put them on their battle vest. And if a woman sees that, or if a non-binary folk sees that, then they can go and be like, "Hey, I'm feeling unsafe." Yeah. That's really um, cool. And I think that that's just such an awesome, awesome idea. And you know what? Um, you know who loves patches? Metal dudes. Fucking metal dudes. Metal people, I should say. Let's be honest. We're having this conversation. Dudes is, it's, yeah, dudes it's, is And I want to make that specific. clear. I say dudes a lot on this podcast. I feel really <laughs> bad. And I'll always kind of jump to say, and dudettes. But I just mean dudes. Like, you know, dudes. Like, everyone's a fucking dude. I like dude. to think the dude is gender fluid. Yeah, fuck dude oh. Dude is whatever you want to do. Can we just make that a rule Did I just say dude? That's my mum's name. Hi, mum. I mean, dude. <laughs> All right, cool. So, look, we've covered a lot of ground here. I feel like it's been a positive podcast, much like the sun. I want to kind of hit back on some of the, uh, yeah, card card of light, hey? Like, celebrate your accomplishments, align uh, your actions with your words and your... Yeah, you've, you, yeah, you really are kind of the personification of that sun card, aren't you? Wow. It's pretty cool. Maybe the tarot lady is not full of shit. Yeah, well, you know. Who knows? I have my problems with tarot lady, hence this name. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's obviously something to be said about its uh, its positive influence, and that's something that I think you're bringing to Canada, and I think it's something that you'll be bringing to the listeners who are listening to this episode as well. Um, any final thoughts before we before we wrap this thing up and go get dinner? The only, I guess, the only thing that I would like to share with the listeners is if they were interested in listening to some fantastic canadian bands um may i recommend sure planet eater (laughs) (laughs) you sung their praises enough yeah um there's a band out of vancouver called neck of the woods who are a very um almost like a prog metal band Mm -hmm. who are fantastic like they're absolutely unreal there is a band called hyperia out of calgary there is hammer drone out of calgary there is striker from edmonton who are fucking amazing um just real speed slash new wave of british heavy metal like they've just got that real traditional do you think if you made me like a spotify playlist i could then brand as an as like a futl playlist as of like the sun and we could put all these on there oh, together i would love to that's a great idea what we'll do is we'll because if if listeners if you're if you're doing this via spotify you search futl and we'll make some podcasts pop up as well right because nothing else is going to pop up when you type that so if we do this you can that give this. A fantastic you can idea. kind of curate. It's almost like a mixtape, digital because yeah. we're both digital people as we both pick from that quick from quiz. the lightning round. Yep. Let's do that, and then listeners, by the time this episode goes up, and you can uh, jump across to Spotify, search for FUTL, the Sun, or something. That's a great idea. We'll do something, and you can find it, and and you can be able to instead of having to just say all these names and have people go, oh, we'll check that well, later. Don't care. No. Um, I'll also add that I do all of my programming preparation on Spotify as well. So I've got all of my show playlists oh, available on my Spotify. So your user on Spotify would be a wealth of information when it comes yeah, to yeah, yeah. Cool Maybe you can put it in the show notes when yeah. when you're done with it, and if um, people want to check it out. And the only other thing that I would say is cjsw.com forward slash rock. If you want to listen to any of our any of our shows, so it's all online. You can stream. It's all your... online. It's on. It's on the website. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. Fantastic. It's um, podcast. So feel free to go and have a listen to some Canadian Canadian radio. And you might even be able to tune into the interview you did with Gabriel Josephs about yes. uh, about True Believer, and uh, you'll cut that up and put that on your shows as well. You know what? My next show is actually Christmas Eve, so I feel like that would be a great time to talk about a love letter to Satan. Mm. Better time than any. Agreed. So thank you so much for 
coming in on such short notice and, and doing this podcast. It's been fantastic to have you on and get get a kind of glimpse into, oh, I guess, the other side of the world when it comes to metal, but then also how you're right. The community really does bring everyone together and it's all kind of lovely and warm. Lovely and warm like the sun. Thank you for having me. This has been really, really fun. All right, post-ramble time. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode with Loz. Um, I certainly enjoyed being there and having a great chat with her. Uh, I was a little limited in time. We had to keep moving, but I'm glad that we got a really nice chunk. It didn't feel like it was rushed. There's nothing worse than when you listen to a podcast and you can tell that they've only got like 30 minutes or something with someone. And it just feels like you're not getting into any of the good stuff. But I still feel like even with our limited time, it was still a long episode, still had heaps to talk about and it was fantastic. I was a little underprepared with what to talk about, but luckily for Loz, she's on the radio, so she knows exactly how to keep things going. And I really like those quick fire questions. Loz, I think I'm going to steal them and I think I might do them with the guests in future from now on. Maybe with some tweaks, you know, maybe, maybe we can change it up each week. Maybe listeners, if you've got any ideas for some quick fire questions, Send them through to me at, uh, at Fuck You Tara Lady on Instagram or you can reach me at futlpod at gmail.com for now. I should get a .com, but that's money. That's more money that I can't spend right now. I can't be fucked. So Gmail for now, futlpod. Um, great episode. Had a really good time. So thanks, Loz. Um, I also wanted to talk about where I was all weekend. I was away. I left on Thursday night and came back yesterday for Lockhart Music Festival. If anyone's listened to the episode with Jaden Bath, you know that uh, it takes a lot to put on a festival, and he did it again without a hitch. Uh, it was a fantastic festival. Last time we went with, it was myself and three friends. This time I reckon there was probably about 10 to 15 of us. So that was a good sign, you know, it's growing and it's growing with all the right people. And it was lovely to hear people like uh, my good friend, Kate Cleary. Hi, Kate, if you're listening to this, she sent me a lovely message after that podcast episode saying, oh, that was great. And I think I'm going to come to Lockhart now. So it was so cool that that kind of thing can push someone over the edge and uh, come and have a good time with me. And uh, we all did. We had a great time. Great bands, good vibes, a little bit of wind, but luckily our tents were all unsnapped which is always a positive thing when you're camping um and uh we had we had a fantastic time i had a fantastic time i met a lot of cool people people that i would love to get on the podcast in future so i'll be coming for those people find them find them somehow after that post festival you know you gotta try and find them on instagram or something hey remember me we should do a podcast sometime so hopefully that happens and that'll lead to some great episodes as well uh, finally, I just want to also mention the fantastic response I got from the last episode with Luke Toomey, Ten of Pentacles. Um, it's a great thing to say, isn't it? Pentacles. Pentacles. Um, people sent me lovely messages uh, via the Instagram, personally via Facebook. Uh, no Gmail, but you can get to that. F-U-T-L Gmail. And they said they had uh, a fantastic time listening to the episode, which warms my heart. So I'm hoping that, I guess, the thing I've kind of got my finger on is that if you're having a great time and the guest is having a great time and you've got great things to talk about interesting things to talk about it turns out that it pays off people really enjoyed it so yeah and it feels really nice thanks guys to send, send me those messages and tell me that you had a great time and i heard luke got a couple of messages as well when they were listening to the episode and they sent that they sent him a message um so that's cool so if you want to shout out to loz i'm going to tag her in this one on instagram as well so if you like the podcast you have any questions um she's also made that uh, Spotify players that we talked about as well with a bunch of music. I don't think it's all specifically Canadian, but it's very much in her wheelhouse and all the things she's into at the moment. So if any of the bands that she was talking about on the podcast tickled your fancy, search for FUTL in Spotify and you can find uh, the, pod, the 
the podcast linked playlist. So that'd be cool too. So maybe you can put that on after this and uh, continue continue this world we were living in. Um, yeah, cool. Thanks so much, guys. It's been really good to get back from Korea. You know, what's that? What's that saying they say? Um, fuck. What's it called? Hit the ground running. I hit the ground running when I got back. Uh, straight into podcasts. Straight into keep doing this because it really is. It's great. It's fun to do. I'm really enjoying doing it. Um, and, uh, I'm glad you guys are all listening. So yeah, thanks again, guys. And we'll see you very soon with the next episode.